season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR podcast. Today we have Tennessee native, artillery right-handed pitcher and outfielder and 2025 Tennessee baseball commit. We got Graham Jones on the JKR podcast for the artillery baseball series powered by Hit RX. Graham, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on the show today. I'm super pumped to talk about baseball and everything we got going. Of course, you know, you're the second, you're going to be the second Tennessee, no, you're actually going to be the first of two Tennessee commits on back-to-back days, got you going, then I got Ty Thompson the day after, um, so, you know, super pumped to dig into your career, dig into your time with artillery, and even beyond that as well, uh, but before we dig into your baseball career, I got one question I'd like to start off with everybody I get on the J.K.R. podcast, and that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself, who exactly is Graham Jones? Uh, I mean... There's a lot to you. I mean, if you ask a lot of other people, describe me. Very talkative person, very upbeat. I mean, always good energy around the teammates. Try to be the best teammate possible out there. All right. Very talkative. You know, I love that. You know, I always love it when we get those podcast episodes going yeah. 45, 50 minutes or so. Um, so, you know, super pumped to dig into this. So, you know, digging into that, let's dig into your travel baseball career. Obviously, this is the Artillery Baseball Series, so let's dig into that first. Kind of take us through, you know, your travel baseball career. I know you said you started with Artillery, you know, last fall. So take us through, you know, your travel career, travel baseball career before Artillery and then how you kind of got connected with Ajay and Artillery. So, okay, so I think it was about two years ago. I was playing in the Future Games, and at that time, my old travel team, I played for the Crusaders, which was like a local team around here. And so I went down to future games in Lake Point and didn't have a travel ball team at that time. And as that like weekend ended, a uh, coach came up to me, uh, Ben Hayslip for the Rollins uh, Mad Mavericks in Nashville, Tennessee. And they asked me to come play for them. So I talked to my parents and everything about it. And we decided that's the route I'm going to go take. So coming up for that summer uh, like season or whatever in fall, I decided to go play for them. And they really helped me. Like they got my recruiting, like recruiting going, like, helped me reach out to a ton of different teams, and that's what really helped me go. But then, like, this coming up summer ball season, I was like, I mean, that's when I committed, Tennessee and everything, and I was like, dang, I really want to take myself to the next level and go play with some of my teammates that I know I'm going to be playing with in the future. So that's where, like, I got led towards Ajay and everything. Okay, so did you reach out to Ajay? He reached out to you? How did that kind of work when it came to, like, that initial conversation with Ajay? Ajay actually added me on Snapchat, and uh, he started texting me, but, like, he added me, it was probably, like, five weeks before I added him back. I was like, who is this guy? And they're like, all of a sudden, like, a kid on artillery, I think it was Mikey, was like, hey, add Ajay back. And I was like, okay, I will. And then he texted me, like, about the team and everything, and that's how I got in contact with Ajay. Okay, so, you know, getting that chance to play with Ajay, you know, last fall, how many tournaments did you get to uh, play with him? So I played in the PBR Cup in Lake Point with him, and that was the only fall tournament I got to play with him because I think that was the last fall tournament they played in. Well, actually, they went and played in WWA down in Florida after that for the fall, but I only played in the PBR Cup with them. Okay, so getting that chance to play underneath Ajay for one tournament so far, you know, going to play with him the rest of your travel baseball career as well. You know, how would you maybe compare, you know, that Rawlings team you played for or maybe that previous team in your travel baseball career to, you know, artillery, you know, getting that chance to kind of see how Ajay and the coaching staff kind of run things? 
Okay, so on my old travel team, Rawlings, love those guys to death. Those are, like, still my boys. Still talk to them. So, we had another Tennessee commit on that team, too, Hudson Chance. He's a 25. So, he came down to that Lake Point tournament with me to play for Ajay, too. So, he played down there with him. But I'll say the really, like, big coaching difference is, like, Ajay kind of, like, he knows all the guys are committed. They know what they're doing. So, like, it kind of was, like, he let us play our own game, like, he let us be out on the field. How are we going to react to certain situations? And how are we just going to, like, you know, prove ourselves out there? Yeah. So take us through that PBR Cup, that first tournament with artillery. Maybe some guys that, you know, you interacted with the best or maybe some bonds you built. Obviously, you knew Mikey Casino already being a future volunteer teammate. But, you know, you show up to Atlanta, PBR Cup. Take us through, you know, maybe some of those first interactions with Ajay, first interactions with, you know, some of your artillery teammates. Kind of take us through what that PBR Cup looked like. All right, so, like, when I showed up there, Ajay was texting me on Snapchat, and he's like, hey, I got Ty and Taylor here. You need to meet him. So I was like – I walked in. I think we were, like, on field 13 down there. So I walk in. I meet Taylor. I'm like, holy crap, this dude is huge. Dude's, like, 6'6", six, six, just, like, made me look tiny. I mean, I'm, like, 6'4". This dude made me look tiny. So I go out there. Ajay tells me I'm starting the game or whatever. And I think Ethan Adams, he came down to the bullpen, would not shut up, just continue to talk the whole time. And uh, Benny, the Ben Peterson, he was the one catching me going to North Carolina. He was down there. I mean, our pitching coach, I can't remember his name. It was just some guy that was down there. Like, everybody's like, Ethan, bro, you got to quiet down. We're trying to warm up here and everything. So, you know, he's just ringing in my ear the whole time. So, as the game's going to go out there and start, that's the first time meeting Ty. He was at shortstop. Fist bumped him right before I go to pitch. And then I go out there and uh, start. I throw three innings because it was during the fall. wasn't trying to take it heavy on my arm. And then – uh. Funny thing is, I didn't know Ajay. I thought Ajay was calling pitches. So, like, I was like, why are we throwing so many fastballs? I probably threw, like, 85% fastball <laughs> the whole time. And I come back in the dugout. Ajay's like, Graham, what are we doing? I'm like, are we? Are you not calling pitches or whatever? He goes, no, you're calling pitches. So, I was like, I threw probably, like, maybe 30 fastballs in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so how does that work if, you, if you're calling pitches on the mound? So, like, he wants, like – our catcher's, like, going to call them, but he wants me to, like, say what we're throwing. So, like, I'll shake him or whatever. Okay. 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 That that makes sense. Um, But, you know, getting that chance to play for that 2025 artillery team for one tournament, obviously that team is the number one ranked team in the country for that class. You know what? Just from your eyes, you know, seeing the way that Ajay runs that team, seeing the way that some of your teammates interact with each other, what do you think has kind of led to that, you know, that number one ranking and just the success that team has had, you know, last summer and even before that as well? Um, Honestly, like, I mean, I I got so close to the kids on that team so fast and everything. Like, it's just like family already. Like, I mean, we text each other every day. We're in big Snapchat group chats and everything. Like, we just get along so well. Yeah. So, you know, looking back, you know, for that tournament with Artillery, the PBR Cup, and then even beyond that, playing for Rawlings, where you said you're playing with your boys, playing with another Tennessee commit, and then that other travel baseball team as well. Um, Just looking back into it, you know, what are some of those just two to three just favorite memories you have from your travel baseball career? You know, whether that's on the field, whether that's, you know, off the field in a hotel, whatever it happens to be, you know, what are a couple of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think of travel baseball? Uh, Probably some of my – I mean, I'll start off with my first one. I mean, just playing in Cooperstown, that was like such a – like awesome experience getting to you know go down there stay in the cabins and everything and then you know just get to play baseball five six days I mean we played a game at 3 30 in the morning because every day got rained out so all that and then second one I'll probably say last summer it was a final tournament we were in championship game I started it I think I walked one had 12 strikeouts and caught the dub 
And then third one, I mean, probably last season, I got to put – so freshman year I started varsity for high school. And uh, that was like my first time really getting to play with my brother. And he's a senior this year. So, that, I mean, that was pretty awesome, just getting to play every game out there with him. Yeah. You also mentioned, but like you also mentioned a couple minutes ago that you did play in that PBR futures game. So kind of take us through, you know, what that experience was like. Obviously, you know, not everyone gets the chance to play in that PBR futures game. Take us through, you know, that atmosphere, just the, you know, the competition level there and what that was like, you know, playing in so many college coaches and so many scouts. Just kind of take us through what that experience was like. So like before, like I went down to the future games, I honestly, like I had no clue what PBR was. I knew a perfect game was, but like, I wasn't like that big. And like before then I was like, I didn't really know how to get recruited or anything. So I was just going down here because someone told, like, I was invited to it and everything. So I just went down there and me and my mom went. And so I was like, all right, we'll give this a shot. So I got down there and met everybody on the team. And that's where, like, a lot of those Rollins kids I played with on my old travel team, they were on the team. So, like, that's how I got in contact with all them. I mean, the competition was crazy down there. Like, it was loaded. I mean, saw Tennessee, saw Tony down there, Florida, Arkansas, all of those coaches down there. And, I mean, we went – I think two and two. The teams we played were pretty tough. Michigan, raw, so raw. Really? Was that yeah. this past summer or was that two summers ago? Two summers ago. Okay. I know that I know this past summer, like the school the, the the state that everyone was surprised by was Indiana, which was cool to see because I'm from Indiana and like mm-hmm. I know all those guys. You know, since that July futures game last year, I think they've had 24 guys commit to uh division one schools just from that one single roster um from yeah. the team. Uh I but- think- where are you going to say? Go ahead. No, I was done. Okay. So, like, uh, with the Michigan team or whatever, I think uh, one of their coaches was led by the Motor City Hit Dogs, like, out of Michigan and all that. So, like, they had uh, some of their players, like, I, they probably run rolled us, like, 15-1. So, it was something yeah. bad. It was bad. It was, yeah. it was brutal. Yeah. So, you know, when you're at an event like that, obviously, you know, you mentioned, you know, Tony was there, your future head coach. But, I mean, there's coaches – from all over across the country. I like to quote the other day from, I think it was Nick Becker. He said, if you know, if you know a school that you want to go to look around that PBR futures game and you'll find that logo within five minutes. Um, So, you know, there's coaches all over across, there's coaches from all across the country there at that PBR futures game for you. You know, when you see all those different coaches, you're out there, you know, on the field, how do you maybe, you know, tunnel that in, keep that tunnel vision on focusing on the game of baseball instead of kind of focusing on, you know, how many people are watching you at that moment. You know, where's that mindset that we're there and how do you kind of keep that focused on the game of ball? So, like, I mean, as I was saying earlier, like, before even going to future games, like, I was like, damn, think about going to college at this point or whatever. And then, you know, next thing I know, I turn around, Tennessee's head coach right behind me. Like, I mean, I was just kind of, like, excited, but I was like, we got to keep it cool. You know, can't let the emotions get the best of us. Just got to play our game. And that's how I tunneled it in. Yeah. So you said so you said before you went to the PBR Futures game, you weren't really sure what prep baseball report was Um, in Tennessee. Are you guys more of a perfect game state or PBR state? Because I know PBR varies. Uh, I would say like we're both, but I, I said we're really PBR heavy, like Colin Proby, uh, that was PBR's like head director. I guess he just stepped down or whatever because I saw it on Twitter. I don't know what's going on there so but he he's the one that was coaching uh pbr tennessee that team and then after that event he invited me down to like the border battle is where pbr tennessee played kentucky and it was at tennessee and i threw in front of tony and did very well yeah um so you know you mentioned before we started recording that you do have some sort of surgery going on tomorrow so you 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 might not get that chance to play for artillery this upcoming summer but beyond that maybe playing for them this upcoming fall playing for them you know your 17 year summer as well 
just what are you looking forward to most of, you know, finishing off your travel baseball career, you know, playing for artillery, playing underneath Ajay. Uh, just what are you looking forward to most for this next, you know, year and a half or so of travel baseball? I mean, just like the bonds I'm building with everybody, like Ajay, like, I mean, even if it's not even baseball related, I'll text them about it. Like if I'm having like a problem going on, if like my home life or something, like I'm just struggling with something, I text him, call him. He's always there. Like that's something I'm like always looking forward to, like with the guys, like even if like baseball doesn't end up working out with me, I'm always going to have the bond with this team that I know they're always going to be there and have my back. And like, I mean, even bouncing back from surgery, everybody's already wished me good luck. I mean, I'm still going to try out, go out there and support the boys, you know, every chance I get. Yeah. So, you know, you pitched for artillery last fall. And now mm -hmm. you said you're having surgery before your spring season getting rolling. Kind of what happened there? Kind of take us through that. Um, and, you know, just maybe, you know, what you're looking forward to most um, in this rehab process of, you know, getting back out there to the field. Uh, the thing I'm looking forward to the most was, like, I'm, I'm really trying to get stronger. Like, I mean, this surgery could, like, honestly, like, really help me. Like, if I bounce back and, like, push myself, like, I know I can. I can really, like, honestly, I could probably bump the velo up a little bit, too, while I'm, like, recovering. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, what, what exactly – was it, like, you know, while you were pitching or what exactly happened there? So, honestly, I think it was down at the PBR Cup. Like, I was in my third inning of pitching, and, like, I felt a pop in my arm. But like, I thought it was just a muscle or something. There's two outs. I finished the inning. And I, I told Ajay, he was like, all right, you're done. Don't worry about it. Like, we got you. We'll, we'll win this game. We're fine. So yeah. I was like, and I told my mom and dad, and like, you know what? Well, when we get back home, we'll go get needling done, get it scraped and everything, make sure like it's nothing crazy. And then I threw, I kept throwing during the fall because high school trials started. Like, our high school is weird. Like, we kind of practiced like a little bit before. Like, our coaches can't be out there technically because of the rules. So, like, we were throwing, but it's still causing me pain. So, like, I think maybe about four weeks ago, like, I was like, Mom, it's really bothering me. I, we need to go get MRI. And then we got the results. They said, boom, slap, tear, surgery. You know, heart kind of sunk. Out for brother, yeah. senior, couldn't play with him. Out for summer ball. So, that's how I ended up figuring out. Yeah. So, you know, as you go through this re the rehab process for the next, you know, five, six months or so, you know, maybe what are some hurdles that, you know, you're kind of, I'm not going to say looking forward to, but kind of hurdles that, you know, you see in the upcoming future and how, you know, maybe your your strategy of, you know, maybe working around those and getting back to the ball field. Uh, Some of the hurdles I know I'm just going to, uh, physical therapy is just going to probably end up kicking my butt, but, you know, I got to push through. It's going to be tough, all that. I mean, it's just going to be another, like, sitting out every game, not being able to play the game I love, you know. Uh, it's going to be tough for me to, like, swallow. Yeah. So, you know, you won't get that chance to play this upcoming spring for your high school team. But, you know, you did play last year. You said you played varsity as a freshman, got to play with your brother as well. Kind of take us through what, you, what your freshman year was like down there in Tennessee. Just kind of take us through, you know, your freshman spring. All right. So, like, freshman year, like, I, I like coach wouldn't let me play JV because, like, it was weird. So, I was like, he had me on freshman JV and varsity. So, anytime varsity wasn't playing, I would play JV or freshman. So, like, I was playing every day of the week or whatever. But varsity, like, I really didn't start playing, like, have a starting position until, like, halfway through the season. We were – it was probably one of our bigger rival games. We were down 2 nothing or whatever. I get a pitch hit at bat, hit a bomb, start every game after that. So – and then that. And then I end up closing – we go into extras with them. Uh, I pitched the seventh and eighth inning and closed them out, then scored any more runs. And then a kid on our team named Slater Tinker hit a walk-off home run against that. And then that's how it just started from there. And then – I started playing center field because a kid on our team had a little bit of an injury. So from there, I just kind of became like a key role in the lineup. Like I was kind of like a spark guy. Like if the lineup wasn't rolling, I'd end up getting a base hit and then we just roll on from there. 
Yeah. So getting that chance to play, you know, pretty much every day at some at that point, you know, in the season last year, you know, just looking at, uh, I guess, some of the teams in your region, maybe some other guys that you're facing, you know, what does that competition level look like in Tennessee? Maybe some teams that you guys have circled on the calendar, maybe some other power five commits that are in your area. What does that competition level look like? Uh, the competition is also like pretty good. Like, I mean, like, I'm not going to like say it's the best, but like, it's pretty good. Like we have a, like, there's a few D one guys around. I, there's another kid on my team named Brogan Jones. He's committed to uh, ETSU, which uh, is like 15 minutes from a house. But then we play a lot of teams in Knoxville and stuff like that. We'll play tournaments down there and like, we'll play, I think like a lot of national teams come down too. So like we're facing a bunch of like D one commits all the time, but like, just like around like, our district and everything like you'll find once like oh, i don't know how to wear this hold up uh like there'll be a few d1 players every like where yeah but it's just not like super like there's not gonna be like five on one team unless you go to like nashville area yeah so you know although you won't be on the roster this upcoming spring you know what are some of those expectations you guys' team does have you know leading into this 2023 spring uh so like this year like i mean so i'm having labrum surgery Kid on my team just towards UCL. Kid on my team just towards ACL. So, and we're three of our starting pitchers. So, like, if we were all healthy, we were expected to go very far. State run, maybe, you know, win everything up to that. And then, like, now we should still be very solid. It's just, like, we have a lot of young guys on our team, and they're all very good. So, like, I mean, the young guys are just going to have to step it up this year and everything. Yeah, I got that injury bug going around that roster this spring. Uh, but no, so, you know, from just from what you remember from, you know, last year's competition, you know, what do you think is tougher when you are a freshman, you know, play, freshman playing high school ball against, you know, juniors, seniors, guys who are a couple years older than you when it comes to you know, maturity, maybe a little bit bigger, a little bit older, um, or when you're facing a top tier talent of your of your age group in travel baseball, what's tougher, travel ball or high school ball when it comes to that as an underclassman, and then maybe what that mindset change kind of is, you know, going from travel baseball to high school ball as well? Um, I'm going to at least say, like, if I'm based on my freshman year, freshman year was brutal, man. Like, I'd have seniors singing Rocky Top to me and everything, like, while I'm pitching. So, like, it was tough, like, especially in big district games and all that. Like, that was rough for me to go out there and, like, stay everything mentally focused and, like, stay sharp and have everything going. But, like, as soon as I go over to travel ball, like, I don't know, it's like a big relief. Like, I know everybody on my team's, like, top tier. So, like, we're not going to worry about errors in the field, really, or, like, any, like, dumb mistakes going on. So, like, it's like a big confident boost knowing, like, I have all my boys on artillery, always have my back. Yeah. So, you had other you had other players that you were playing against, you know, singing Rocky Top to you and just, you know, um, you know, t- kind of talking shit to you as a freshman? Yes, bro. It was brutal. Like, I would go down to, like – it. it it was like multiple different schools singing Rocky Top. Man, that would – I mean, I never – man, that would piss me off. I mean, I guess you know, I guess when you're, you know, playing center field as a freshman, you know, hitting bombs, and I'm sure, you know, you kind of, you know, shut their mouths there a little bit. But, man, that would that would definitely be something getting into my head. Uh, but you did say when you do, you know, make that transition to travel baseball, playing with artillery, you know, playing for Rawlings there in the past as well, and you get to play with those, you know, top-tier talent. Um. So what does that kind of look like? How are you maybe picking the brains of some of your peers when it comes to, you know, you're, you're playing with guys who are your caliber all going to power five schools. You know, how do you maybe pick, pick some of your peers brains, maybe see how they go about things. What does that kind of look like and how does that elevate your game? Just playing with, you know, such top tier talent. I mean, honestly, the person I like, I probably look up to the most on our team, like smartest, like highest baseball IQ I've ever met. Ty Thompson, like smartest kid out there. Hits, throws, runs, he can do everything. Like, just the way he, like, carries himself and plays the game, like, 
always cool, never lets his emotions get too high, and he can just always go out there and produce. Like, I was watching him, like, as a baseball player, like, close game or whatever, and, like, we need a hit or whatever. He's just cool, you know, calm, everything, and coaches are watching, and he just always produces. Um, so I actually, I mean, I, I talked to him yesterday. He seemed like, you know, a very mature kid, um, just getting the chance to talk to him very, you know, high baseball IQ, but talking about Ty Thompson, talking about Rocky top, let's dig into the recruiting process. Kind of what landed you there at Tennessee to be a future volunteer. Uh, just take us through that recruiting process. You know, when it got started, kind of when you started getting noticed by some division one teams. So, uh, after future games, I'll probably like, uh, three to five months after that, I went and pitched in the. Bordeaux battle at Tennessee and uh it was a 24 like PBR event but they needed one more pitcher so they asked me to come up as a 25 and so like in Kentucky I guess they got a COVID year so everybody was held back again so I'm throwing against I was 14 or at the time or whatever and I'm throwing against 17 year olds and like I just go out there and shove like two in straight I was probably sitting like 87 to 89 at this time like this is when I first like VO started to go up a little bit and I absolutely shoved right in front of Tony. And then after that, my old travel coach, Rawlings, Ben Hayslop, like he really got my like recruitment process going and everything. Like he was such a big help, like Texas, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, all those schools. So after that tournament, I went down to an Alabama camp because his son, uh, Camden Hayslop, plays at Alabama. I went down there and hit 90, I think. And I mean, coaches everywhere behind me. I mean, I'm 14 at the time, I haven't even turned 15 yet. And, uh, that was crazy, like, and then I think two weeks later, I'm on the way home from, like, a baseball event or something. It was just, like, a practice or whatever. That's when I get my first phone call from Alabama. You know, hey, we're going to offer you. I'm ecstatic. Like, it's crazy. And that's how, like, it all got started. Yeah, so as a 14-year-old, as a kind of take us through what's going through your mind. You kind of mentioned it there. But, you know, you're talking to all these SEC schools. You mentioned Tennessee, Bama, Vanderbilt as well. You know, you're talking to these guys. You're 14 years old. Just go – what's going through your mind? I mean, you're still four years away from college at this point. Just take us through, you know, what some of those initial conversations were like, kind of what's going through your mind at that point. Uh, So, like, when all this happened, so, like, Alabama offered me first and then Auburn and then Tennessee. And then, like, at that point, like, I was kind of, like, ready to – like, Tennessee is my dream school. Like, I've always been there. I'm, like, an hour from Tennessee. It's always been my thing. But I went down to visit Alabama and everything, talked to their coaches, super awesome coaches. Coach Rita, he's the one that recruited me and everything. Love talking to him. But, like, as it came down to it, like, Tennessee, like, super close to my home, you know, offered me, like, the best offer, in my opinion, and everything. It was just, like, Alabama was, like, six hours away. Auburn was, like, six hours away. I just, like, I like being like, close to home. Like, I'm not scared to go out or anything. But, like, I, I still want to be making that drive back and forth. And I just – Tony's energy at Tennessee just fires me. I love it. Yeah. So, you know, at that point, you know, when you when you're talking about these different SEC schools, I mean, their facilities, you know, top tier, you know, everything about their programs are top tier. Um, besides Tennessee being that dream school, you also mentioned that, you know, t- Tony just has, you know, great bunch, a bunch of energy. You know, you said you love Tony. But you know, what were some other key things that you were looking for, you know, throughout that process as you were comparing, you know, Auburn, Bama, Tennessee, all these different SEC programs, you know, what were some key things that kind of just evolved as you were kind of going through that decision-making process? Uh, Frank Anderson, Tennessee's pitching coach, stood out to me. Awesome guy. I mean, what's he have, like 40 pitchers in the MLB now, something like that, something crazy. And he's just like, he can pick you apart and tell you what you need to work on and everything. And then Josh Elander, awesome guy. Like, I love talking to him every day. I mean, I was the one – I told him about my uh, surgery I have coming up, and he just told me, 
get well. He hooked me up with a couple other uh, Tennessee guys like Daniel Paris because Daniel Paris had the same tear or whatever, and he got me hooked up with him. It's just like it seems like they really care about what you're doing and like how you carry yourself. Yeah. So you did say that, you know, Coach Anderson, when you're having conversations with him, the pitching coach there at Tennessee, he kind of picks you apart, kind of tells you what you're doing wrong, ways to fix it. Take us through a conversation with him. You know, if he's, you know, there, you know, maybe picking apart your, your pitching uh, uh, mechanics, repertoire, whatever, you know, take us through that conversation you have, you know, with Coach Anderson and what that looks like. So the last time I probably talked to Coach Anderson, I was up at Tennessee because I was at camp with Ajay. It was for the 26s and 27s, but, I mean, Ajay was in Tennessee – Tennessee University super close to me. I just want to drive down there. So I was in the dugout talking to Frank, and uh, we were like, I was talking about change-up grip or whatever, and I because, like, honestly, I kind of have tidy hands for how big I am, and it was kind of like I was struggling to, like, up. so, like, and I just talked to Frank, and, I mean, he's a super quiet guy until he gets fired up. So, like, talking to him, he really just helped me change it. And so now I've, like, changed it into, like, kind of like a circle change, not where I choke it too much because, like, I feel like that's what I used to do in my change-up. I used to choke it too much. And everything with him. So, what? No, go ahead. Um, I wasn't sure if you were finishing that. Okay, yeah. And then I just thought, like, Frank, he's just – I mean, I've only talked to him, like, a couple times, but every time I have, he's just always been helpful. Yeah. So, you know, with Tennessee having so many of these different benefits of you want of you going there, obviously their dream school, Coach Anderson, Coach Tony, all these different, you know, positives that came with the university. Do you remember the day that it hit you and it, it just clicked? You're like, all right, you know, Tennessee's where I'm going, you know. Uh, obviously, Bama, Auburn, all these, you know, are great schools, but I think Tennessee is what's best for me. Do you remember that day where it kind of just clicked in your mind and you made that decision? Yeah, I I did. So, I think it was February 14th, my dad's birthday or whatever. I was, like, talking about it. I was like, you know what, Mom, I think I'm ready to commit. So, I called him, called Tennessee, and Tony's like – I was talking to Tony. I was like, I think I'm ready to commit to your school. He goes, hell yeah, Graham. I'm, I'm hyped and everything. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, with you being committed there for a little bit now, I mean, you talk about Anderson, you've talked to him a couple times, you know, you talk about, you know, how, how motivational Tony is and what are some of those relationships you have with that Tennessee coaching staff, you know, how they started when you did first commit and how maybe they've evolved since you have been committed now for a little bit. So I talked to Elander probably the most, like he's the one that recruited me and everything. So like everything super hyped when I committed and everything. So like now, like with going through, like, I'll tell like the phone calls after I committed everything, like asking how, like. I'm working, how I'm getting stronger, VLO, everything going up and just like continuing to grow. And then, I mean, tough phone call to tell them that I tore my labor and everything, but super supporting and everything, like always got my back. They said like, if they ever need me to get, if that, if I ever need a throwing program from them, from their strength coach or anything, or just any like strength building I need after the surgery, they got me. If I need to call anyone up there, I'm good to go. Yeah. So, you know, what do you look – so, obviously, September 1st, 2023, with you being that class of 2025, I mean, all these different regulations are going to go away. You know, no longer is a coach going to have to text your travel ball coach to set up a call. You guys can interact kind of face-to-face -face and just, you know, text each other back and forth. What are you looking forward to most to that September 1st date, you know, just in terms of building that relationship and just talking to your, you know, future coaches a little bit more? Uh, probably the tickets and stuff, like all the perks coming with it, like that stuff's gonna be crazy. Yeah, you know, I obviously with the with the um the type of season Tennessee had had last year for football as well. I mean, it'd be pretty cool go to whatever that stadium's called, and you'll hear you know Rocky Top, you know, coming from coming from the speakers. It looks like a great atmosphere. I, I saw um all those videos when you guys beat Bama, you know, putting those field goal posts in the river oh. and stuff like that. I'm sure you know going to Knoxville and experiencing that is gonna be a 
pretty cool opportunity for you. Uh, but as we talk about relationships, obviously, you know, we've talked about Ty Thompson, Taylor Tracy, uh, Mikey Casino. Um, you said you have a guy on that Rawlings team as well going to Tennessee. Uh, take us through with some of those relationships you have with your future with your future Tennessee guys. Um, so those guys, maybe some non-artillery guys as well. I know Luke Billings, a couple other 25s as well. Um, just take us through what that relationship is like with some, some guys in your recruiting class, but even guys who might be, you know, a year or two ahead of you as well. All right, so, like, um, there's a school called Bearden. It's, like, probably, like, 45 minutes down the road. Brooks, right, he's a Tennessee commit. He's committed there. Like, I've talked to him before. He's a catcher, super great kid, everything. So, like, he's really helped me through that. And then, like, with Ty, Taylor, and all them, I mean, we talk on the daily basis. We're in Snapchat group chats, you know, always cutting up and laughing and all that. But then, like, when it comes down to, like, just our Tennessee commits, we have a group chat with all our Tennessee commits and, if a new kid commits, we'll add them to the group chat, you know, introduce ourselves and everything and make them feel like family to us. So, you know, you talk about, you know, t uh, talking about building that relationship with that catcher um, who's going to Tennessee as well. You know, what does that look like on your side of things? You know, obviously being a primary pitcher, you know, how do you kind of go about, you know, building that trust, building that relationship you do with a catcher? Take us through that, you know, maybe what that first bullpen looks like. I mean, you just had that this past fall with artillery as well. Kind of take us through what that what's that like? building that trust and kind of just talking to a catcher for the first time? Um, So, like, my first time talking to Benny, super awesome kid, committed to North Carolina again, and, uh, like, I trusted him. I mean, kid's going to D1. I'm like, okay, this kid's going to be legit. As soon as I got out there, I think I walked. So, like, I struck out a kid, walked one. As soon as the kid tried to steal Benny hosed them, bro. I swear, he hosed, like, three kids that game. Like, absolute cannon. And then, like, I, like he honestly earned my trust from that game forward, like, I would not like want anybody else to catch me. Like he's awesome. Yeah. So being a primary pitcher, a pitcher, but also you know playing the outfield. Kind of what is the plan here these next couple of years before you head to that next level? Are you you know maybe planning on being just a PO maybe the last travel ball season or so? What does that kind of look like in your mind? And what does that look like leading up to that next level? So like with high like high school ball and everything like travel like high school is like really where I play outfield. Like I start center field and everything, and that's like I mean I'm a big bat. I bat like five area for our high school this year but I mean obviously I can't now but uh, <laughs> yeah so like that's where I usually play high, uh, like outfield and everything but with artillery like say we have like Taylor go pitch or something like I'll usually pop out play outfield like it's not like I'm going to be starting an outfield for artillery I'll usually be like a PO for artillery but if I need to go out get a couple at bats or play outfield for them I can Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's move into hitting here for just a little bit. Dig into that. Then we'll dig onto the pitching side as well. But kind of take us through that hitting approach a little bit. So you're walking up to the batter's box. Kind of what's going through your mind? What are you trying to do with each at-bat there when you're hitting, you know, for high school and for artillery? So, like, high school ball, especially, like, we have, like, a ton of situational, like, things like we have. Like, we have our cards, like, bunts, where we need to do hit and runs or whatever. So, like, a lot of our guys in our conference, I mean, we'll, we'll face a guy every now and then that's like 86, 88, but like a lot of times we'll face a lot of guys lower 80. So like, and I mean, it's very important to throw strikes in high school ball, like high school umpires, you know. So like, I'm usually, as soon as I step in the box, if I know the kid's throwing a lot of fastballs or whatever, that's what I'm looking for no matter what. It's got to be in my zone though. I'm not trying to chase, get myself behind in the count or whatever, but I mean, that's really what I'm looking for, fastball early in the count, but as soon as two strikes happen, you know, spread out, choke up, and just try to fight everything off. High school umpires like to screw you over a lot, so no yeah. go. Fight. Yeah, I mean, a high high school high school umpire zones are just so big. I, I had a, you know, I'm sure you've probably heard of Max Clark, correct? Oh yeah, 
So I had I had an event that I hosted with that had Max Clark as one of the players there. And it was live ABs. You know, I had, you know, Tennessee, uh, sorry, Louisville commits, all these ACC guys, you know, pitching up against Max. And there was somebody who called a strike on a ball that he thought was outside. And like, you know, he was like, man, he goes, that's, he goes, that's a ball. But then like, if you're thinking about, you know, high school zones, I mean, anything that seems like within two feet of the plate, you know, it was getting called a strike. Uh, but oh, no, so, yeah. so talking about hitting, dig into your mechanics here a little bit. You know, how did you develop, you know, what your certain mechanics are, you know, from your load up to your follow through, kind of take us through those hitting mechanics. So um, as I talked about earlier, my cousin Gavin Cross, uh, so his dad, Adam, he coaches at Tennessee High, which is like, it's on the, in Bristol, so it's like probably 25 minutes from us. He, like, he's another high school like around us, so like, I've went and hit with his dad before and everything, and he just really like teaches me, like, because I used to have a problem, like, I used to lunge really bad, like, oh god, you there? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I used to like lunge super bad and everything, so like, I used to do drills, like, with weights to, like, stay back on my back foot and, you know, really drop through the ball. And then weightlifting, like, as soon as I got to high school, I mean, weightlifting, like, helped me so much, like, getting strength, velo going up and everything. So moving on to the pitching side of things here for a little bit, can kind of take us through your pitching repertoire. You're up there on that mound. Take us through maybe what what type of fastball you have there as your number one. Take us through those secondary pitches as well. Um, Just take us through that pitching repertoire as a whole. So, like, Favorite pitch, obviously, fastball. Love blowing it by hitters. I mean, I think I probably sit with, like, last summer, so my 15 year, I set, like, 89 to 90. But then my last uh, tournament of uh, summer ball, I was playing with just, like, a local team, some of my buddies, like, go to high school with. And then I popped a 92 up on the radar gun. You know, I got pretty hyped about that. And then with secondary, I throw a curveball. But it's it's not really, like, your, like, tra- traditional curveball. It's more like, like a – it sweeps a lot. So, like, I guess, like, sweeping curve a lot. So, like, I throw it a lot to, like, throw it in on hitters and, it like, breaks right in on them or, like, 0-2 counts or something. I just throw it away from them. And then, like, change up. That's the new grip I'm working on. Really working on that in high school. Really, that – but that's just a tough pitch for me to learn right now. But, I mean, obviously, I can't throw it right now. So, like, I'm still trying to – still trying to – it's going to be tough coming back, especially, when, you know, trying to find arm slot again, coming back from surgeries, just still trying to work on that pitch. Yeah. So, you know, when you are developing pitches, you know, like that change up, or even if you want to add a new pitch in general, how do you kind of go about, you know, developing a pitch, adding a new pitch? I know some pitchers do it a little bit differently than others. Just kind of take us through your process and how you develop a pitch. Um, You know, I mean, also I just ask around like older guys or whatever, like Brogan Jones on my team gun DTSU, like great pitcher, just a flat out stud. So like he, he's the shortstop, main shortstop, but just like he shoves every time he has a guy to pitch. And so I just talk to him a lot or like, one of my role models, Jake Begron, just a he's a dude. So like I try to like watch him like mechanics wise and everything, and just watch try to replicate what he does. Yeah, big Jacob Degrom fan. Or so are you a Mets fan? Are you a Rangers fan? Like what's I'm that a Mets fan, fan. So like I'm kind of heartbroken that he's going to the Rangers. Like he went to the Rangers, but well, I mean Steve Cohen's doing a pretty good job there. You know, signing Verlander, signing all those guys. I mean, your guys' salary. I mean, payroll this year is huge. What is it like? Yeah, it's crazy. Million? Man, yeah, it's crazy. a great thing for baseball, I got to say. But um, digging into your arm care situation here a little bit. Um, so I guess before kind of what happened, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago with the labrum, take us through, you know, your off-season arm care, what that looks like, you know, on that deload after, you know, your final uh, fall um, appearance, and then what that kind of looks like, you know, leading up to that spring with that ramp up. And then when you're actually in season, kind of take us through um, what that looks like. You know, you have one outing, you know, those couple days in between to your next just kind of take it. I know that's a loaded question there, but kind of take oh, us yeah. through your arm care, you know, off season and then and in season as well. 
All right, so like, like ramp, like cooling down and everything from like fall ball and everything. Like, I'll probably take like a month or two off, you know, like just let myself like kill up everything, just like take some time off, and then like I'll go into like start tossing a little bit, nothing too heavy, really. I'm still weightlifting at the time, so you know, not losing any strength or anything during the off season. So you know, really trying to get strong during then, and then uh, start with like. I start with my plyo balls back, everything, you know, weighted balls, going through all the stretches, everything. Bands, those are necessary, and everybody's throwing for a grain. I recommend. Bands are crazy. They help me so much. And then I start – so I'd probably say about after, like, a month after, when I start throwing back long tossing. Long tossing, like, helps me so much with velo. Like, so during COVID, I probably went and long tossed every day. I don't know if that's super healthy for the arm, but I had nothing better to do, and my velo went so before COVID started, I was probably like 74, 78, and then long toss the whole summer. And I went from 80, from 74 to 79 to like 82 to 83, 84 in there. So that really helped. And then, so long tossing is essential. And then, like, when season starts back up, you know, throwing probably long tossing three times a week and then like have a little cool down days that are just short, you know, still trying to throw every day. And then, when pitching starts back, like, three days after, you know, I'll probably give myself a little light toss rest day or whatever. And then if I'm feeling good, probably ramp it back up. Not, like, 100%, just, like, a little more of a long toss to air it out. And then right before pitching day, probably get, like, a little short bound in, and then I'll go throw again. Okay. So you bring up the weight room there. What does that training program look like off-season, in-season? Are you using – is, is Tennessee kind of sending you a program there? What does that look like when, you know, you're heading to the weight room trying to get stronger? So, uh, Tennessee doesn't send anything in, but our weightlifting coach at our high school, uh, really helps us out. Like, so during the off season, like that's when we're maxing out and everything. And then in the season we start doing, you know, higher reps, not super heavy, you know, not trying to hurt anything. So we talked about mechanics for, for hitting. Let's talk about mechanics for pitching. Kind of take us through, you know, where maybe that wind up, where that comes from, or you know, just how your mechanics in general have developed here these last couple of years when you're on the mound. So, Rawlings really helped me. So, I used to go to a pitching guy up there, Spiral Pitching. It's in Nashville. It's a pitching place. And so, like, during that summer, like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, had a, I was struggling throwing strikes at one point, And I was just, like, couldn't figure it out. I tried a bunch of different stuff. Like, and then I got videoed. And the pitching coach went up there. And he goes, Graham, can you tell me what's wrong with this video? I'm like, man, I look pretty good in the video. I don't know what's going on. And he goes, look at your head. Like, I was tilted, like sideways pitching like when I'd finished so it was like the ball was selling you know everything so what we really focused on was keeping like my head straight on target and not trying to tilt so I changed from where my glove like I used to bring it like I don't know how to do this since it's not going to be on video but uh it used to go like from 12 o'clock to six o'clock now it's like sideways so what three o'clock to I don't know what it'd be nine o'clock yeah something like that so it's like that now so it's like it's helping me stay on target more and not like pull off. Yeah. So you know, looking at your game's entirety, so from when you're hitting, you know, playing center field, when you're up there on that mound, or even when you're interacting with some teammates, if you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself? I'd be like, this kid's got a ton of energy, always has his teammates back. And I mean, always fired up. I mean, I get on myself a little bit, like, sometimes emotions get out of control, but, like, I definitely try not to. So, like, that's, like, one thing, like, after being committed and knowing the coach is going to be watching me 24-7, never let the emotions get out of control and just play it cool. Yeah. 
So talking about, so kind of talking about, you know, what you are there. Let's talk about what you aren't. Let's dig into your development. So now you still have, you know, three years before you do head to Knoxville to be a volunteer, but what are some of those things in your game that you're kind of want to put like a key emphasis on within your development? Like what are you trying to develop most in your game these next three years? Like uh, honestly, like I know I'm probably just going to be pitching when I get up there. Like that's what I'm feeling I'm going to be doing. So like I'm trying to become like the, like bring the strike percentage up a ton, you know, not walk any guys and everything. Like I'm just trying to be the best pitcher I can be and just try to focus my craft on like pitching around then. So you talked about spiral pitching. I'm sure he's going to be a big part on, you know, on that development pitching wise. Mm-hmm. But you talk about spiral pitching. You know, you're playing for IJ for artillery, playing for Rawlings. You said they helped you out a lot within your recruitment process. You know, Gavin Cross, your cousin, your brother, who's a little bit older than you, playing high school ball as well. You know, out of all these different people that you've had in your baseball career so far, if you could pick, you know, maybe two to three people who've been the most influential, you know, who'd be the most influential people and what would be the reasonings for them being so influential? Uh, definitely my brother up there i mean always pushed me every day to get better and then i'd say like when i was talking around covid uh this guy named uh reed hayes he was in the orioles organization and he's from here he went to science hill probably like 15 minutes from my house and he coached on my older like on my older brother's travel team and i mean during covid everything was shut down baseball wise and he would just drive us around and he he's the one that really helped me like gain velo learn how to become an actual pitcher with him pitching in the organization he played with dl hall all those guys within the orioles organization so he really helped me out yeah and then i mean gavin obviously uh, just being related to a guy getting drafted ninth overall in the first round is crazy yeah so let's put an emphasis on gavin let's put an emphasis on reed you know when you're around guys who you know at this point gavin's still playing minor league ball correct Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So when you're around guys, you know, who are that far into their careers playing minor league ball with affiliated teams, kind of take us through maybe some different ways that you're picking their brain, maybe some ways that, you know, you're just trying to develop your knowledge within the game. Take us through those relationships and, you know, how you're picking their brain. So with Gavin, I mean, he's not home much, but when he is, like, especially around like Christmas time, like he was, like, so around Christmas time, like, there was a bunch of like guys asking me, like, hey, do you have a draft advisor yet or anything? Or like, what's your plans with that? And so, like, I was asking him about that, like picking his brain about, hey, when did you get yours or whatever? And he was telling me, until you know you're ready to go to the draft, that's when I would get one and everything. So, and all that. And then when he came back, I mean, just asking him, like, I mean, he's a top batter in the minor leagues right now. So, what's pitching like you're facing? Like, what's something I could work on as a pitcher myself? And then with, like, Reed and everything, you were a pitcher in the minor leagues. You were played in AAA and everything. So, like, what's something I can do to like get myself there and like, how can I keep developing? Yeah. So, you know, when you return from this surgery, are you and Gavin going to have some live ABs? You guys going to go cousin <laughs> versus cousin? Uh, he would take me deep every day. <laughs> he, would, he would rock my stuff. Yeah. Is, so is Gavin from Tennessee or is he from Virginia? Cause I, like you said, so, he was PT. so like uh, where he lived at in Bristol, like uh, we're literally on the border. Like you can stand in one place in Tennessee and be on the other side of Virginia. So like he was born, I think in Virginia, but like we're literally like 10 minutes from each other. Okay. All right. So, you know, let's dig away from the baseball field here a little bit. Like I said, you know, to end off each podcast, I like to get dig into the personal side of things. So just with that, let's dig into some passion. So beyond the game of baseball, what are some of those things that you do into, you know, maybe take your mind off of things, maybe cope with some stress, you know, just what are some of those passions that you have beyond the game of baseball? Video games, definitely. I mean, who doesn't like playing video games? Big MLB The Show guy, Apex Legends, everything out there. Okay, so when you're playing the show, are you a franchise, road to the show type of guy? When you're playing for, like, so what are you playing when you're playing the show? 
Diamond Dynasty, you know, I always got to make World Series. Okay, so, you know, you're like the third person to say that, and I'm like, man, I, I just cannot play Diamond Dynasty growing up. Because, like, you know, you sit down, you know, you have once you start the game, you have to, you know, play all through nine innings. You just have to sit down for, like, an hour and a half. I was a big uh, franchise guy. I'd pick, like, the Orioles or, you know, some shitty team and just try to rebuild them. Like, you know, that was something I just – I don't know why. I just love doing that. But – yeah. Uh, but digging into motivations here for a second, you know, just digging down deep internally, you know, what are some of those things that, you know, help you get out of bed every morning, help, you know, just continuously evolve, continuously get better? You know, what are some of those motivations that you have? Uh, I say some of the motivations I have that help me, like, keep going is, like, knowing I have a chance to go far in baseball. Like, it, I feel like I wouldn't, like, push myself as hard as I did if I knew I couldn't make it that far. Like, I, I don't know. It just, like, gives me, like, the fire to keep going. So having that chance, you know, you're telling yourself, you know, you have that chance to make it far within the game of baseball, obviously going to, you know, one of the best baseball programs in the country collegiately, you know, perfect picture, 20 years down the road, it's 2043, you're 35, 36 years old, take us through everything's going right, you make it as far as possible within your baseball career, what does that perfect picture look like 20 years down the road? In the MLB, having a family by then, you know, raising, I want boys, obviously, make them play baseball. I mean, I'm not any other sport. No, I got out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> the future Jacob DeGroat. We could say future Justin Verlander, you being a Mets fan. Shoot, what is he, like 42 still pitching? the? Yeah, you see something like that. Yeah, but no, so I've got two last questions here for you. So this first one, I feel like I might already know the answer to this, but coolest contact. You're going through your phone. Who is that coolest contact you have in your phone right now? Oh, gosh, hold on. I'm going to have to think about this one. <laughs> Either I mean Gavin's up there, obviously. And it's that's just, the Gavin who's was who I was thinking, but I mean, does Tony count? I get. I mean, I got his phone. I mean, yeah. Him. I mean, t- yeah. I mean, uh, Tony wouldn't be the f- that wouldn't be the first time someone said Tony. I mean, Tony, Gavin. I mean, Ajay's pretty cool. Ajay actually, Ajay just passed. You know, I haven't told anyone this besides Ajay, but you know, I guess now everyone's gonna know. But Ajay just passed Max Clark as the number one listened to episode on the JKR podcast. So I'd say he's a pretty cool contact as well. Yeah, I went too. Andre was talking about that, like in the group chat. He's like, "Boys, come on, please get over here to retouch this. I want to pass Max Clark." Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, he he passed him this morning. I think it was like I got out of class around ten a.m. I'm looking, and he like he he was like, you know, I think one above Max Clark. I'm like, well, there we go. But uh, no, man, <laughs> he's so, gonna be high. Yeah, I know. I mean, I texted him. He was like, you know, man, that's crazy. Like, man, that's awesome. But uh, no, man. So I got one last question here for you. So dream NIL brand. Obviously, when you hit the Tennessee, you're going to get that opportunity to capitalize your name, image and likeness. So when you do get that opportunity, what would be that dream brand that you would love to endorse, collaborate with, partner with, whatever happens to be? What would that dream brand be? Uh, Can I make two? Of course. I mean, I've had people tell me three before. So go ahead. Obviously, Rawlings, because, I mean, just customized baseball gloves all the time. Like, who doesn't like doing that and all that? And then Lululemon, best best outfits out there. Okay, Lululemon is uh, – so, honestly, you know, this is a big surprise to me. Lululemon is the most answered answer for that question. You know, I would say probably 45% of people say Lululemon. It always happens to be the Texas and Arkansas guys. I guess now a Tennessee guy too. But, okay, <laughs> Lululemon is the number one, Nike number two. You know, Rawlings is a good one. You know, what glove are you rocking with Rawlings? Uh, I have a pro preferred right now, and I love it. It's uh, 11 and a half, I think. It's blonde and black. It's my baby. I mean, I write the VLO on there every time I go up, mark it out, write another number up. But we just customize new gloves with artillery, 
and they're baby blue. We're thinking about putting Ajay's face on them if we can. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I, Ajay was telling me about that Rollins uh, sponsorship or partnership that they have. Well, that's cool. You know, obviously playing for Rollins as well. I'm sure when you play for that Rollins team, did they also have some sort of glove deal? Yeah, okay. That's where I originally got my pro preferred. So, like, uh, I mean, I got a free uh, – like, who doesn't like free gloves? So, of no. course. Uh, but, no, man, that is, that's the final question here on the J-Care podcast. You know, super appreciative of you coming on the show. Um, with you, you know, you're talking about you know, you're hitting that surgery here in a couple of weeks or, you know, whenever whenever you mention that's going to be. But best of luck, you know, through that surgery, you know, through the rest of your career as well when you get back. You know, hopefully, you know, you're hitting 94, 95 this time next year, you know, playing for artillery, the number one team in your guys's, uh in your guys' class. But like I said, just thanks for coming on the show and, you know, best of luck as you, as you continue on with your baseball career. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate it and everything.